What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook, and we have a guest on today who is so incredibly special to me. She is actually one of my best friends in the entire world. We have been best friends since we were six years old, and she is somebody who I've referenced many times on the podcast, actually. Uh, it is Allison Anderson. She is the friend who I've talked about on here that is uh, a famous YouTube vlogger. She started off in the YouTube beauty space and then transitioned into travel vlogging, specifically solo travel vlogging. So she has over half a million followers on YouTube. Please go subscribe to her YouTube channel. And she's also at Photo Allison on Instagram. But we talked today about how she became a solo travel vlogger, like what that career looks like for her. She gives such helpful tips on if you want to pursue solo traveling, either just for fun or as a career. And she has some of the most insane stories from like, she'll come back from some of these trips and call me and I, I will just be speechless because I can't believe the things that she experiences when she is out traveling all over the world. So uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. Some of it is like us reminiscing and it's a big old love fest at times, uh, but I hope you guys also find it helpful with all of her experience with solo travel. So uh, this episode is coming out on September 5th. My hustler tour is still going on through the end of the year. I'm going to be at the Comedy Fort in Fort Collins, September 16th and 17th. I had such a fun time there last year. I'm so excited to be back. And Washington, D.C. and Grand Rapids in October, Atlanta in November, and then Burbank in in December. There might be some more um, tour dates added by now. So go to kelseycook.com and get those tickets. Check out to see if I'm going to be coming to a city near you. And um, I'm going to go ahead and also share uh, our iTunes review of the episode right now. And then the episode just is going to wrap up when I finish the interview with Allison. But the iTunes review of the episode comes from Kelly. They say, Self-Helpless Podcast is my favorite podcast ever. The girls are amazing, funny, and they make me feel like they're my friends. Oh, with a heart and four cookie emojis. Thank you so much, Kelly. You know that those cookie emojis always make us smile, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to do that. As always, guys, uh, if you have a second, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps the show, and then you also have a chance to have your review read on the show. So, with that, we're going to go ahead and get into my interview with my dear friend, Allison. 
Oh my gosh. It's finally happening. I'm so excited. <laughs> You've heard me gush about her in the intro, but uh, I could not be more thrilled to have on one of my best friends in the world, Allison Anderson. Yay. Hi. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. We're finally doing this. We've finally talked about it for years. It. Yes. And I probably will have mentioned this in the intro as well, but I have brought up your advice on the show throughout the past five years and, you know, we're, we're both big on privacy and stuff like that. So I would always just kind of be like, oh, one of my friends said this or said this, but like, like stuff with um, minimalism and decluttering would always use your go-to tips to like sh- then share to our listeners and be like, okay, here's what I have learned is that like from Allison, all of the stuff of if you, um, like if you could go back in time, would you buy it again? Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, many, a good one. so many items in my home have bit the dust, bitten the dust from from that piece of advice. So, nice. I'm glad I could anonymously contribute. <laughs> yeah, I think throughout I this say, time, I think I would say my friend Allison, but I wouldn't like get into like specifically who you are because who you are is a very special person, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So you, uh, as I was becoming a comedian in college you were becoming a famous YouTuber. Yeah, it's it's interesting that our lives have paralleled uh, in a similar way that we both had more like serious career ideas. And then at the same time, they both like split into yes. more uh, more risky career ideas, I guess. More of a <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, Things taking that a chance. Parents were both like, what are you girls doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we met in the first grade and we were always very like scholarly children. And uh, yeah, I think our parents both thought that we were going to go more conventional career routes. Yeah. Uh, the day that I met Kelsey, for everyone listening, it was the first day of first grade. And I will never forget the, I will never forget the moment I saw you. You had a bowl cut. And you were wearing a green velvet, like a deep emerald green velvet dress. And I remember seeing you with that bowl cut and that velvet dress across the classroom and thinking like, I have to be friends with her. She looks so cool. I knew, I knew from the moment I saw you that we were going to be friends. And uh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the style that drew me in, honestly. Like you were the stylish one always. <laughs> <laughs> my stomach hurts right now first of all i i will try to find a picture of me in that dress to put in like the podcast instagram stories or something because i mean that dress was truly like belonged on a haunted victorian doll it was not it was not great but i think for the time you know i probably looked like more girly like i i was a pretty girly girl at times when i was young and then you bless your heart, you had an older brother. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have, I was the oldest, but you had an older brother. And I think you, um, like, would you take his clothes or like have his, some of his, or did you just kind of feel like that was your style was, <laughs> was <laughs> the oversized um, San Jose Sharks <laughs> yeah. jackets? So, I mean, there's a big difference between being an an oldest child and a youngest child because right. everything that you got was new and tailored to your preferences. Right. But as a youngest child, it's not that I didn't get new clothes, but like I had an older sibling and I thought that they were really cool. So I wanted to dress like them, even though it's an older brother. So, I mean, as soon as he would grow out of something like an old Adidas windbreaker that was down to my knees or something. I wanted that. Like that's, (laughs) that was my style. Uh, so yeah, you were always, I mean, we have some great photos of, of the differences in our style back in the day. If you dressed very cute and me dressed, like I'd raided a a boy's closet, an older boy's closet. (laughs) You'd look like you were on your way to like hustle somebody at a pool hall. Like you just Mm. looked, you looked very intimidating. You know, it's actually funny that you say that though, because I spent a couple years of my childhood playing pool on my lunch breaks. And when we lived in the Philippines, there was a bar and there were no rules about kids in the bar. So on our lunch breaks at school, we would go to the bar and shoot pool. So 
I get, I mean, I manifested it, I guess, with those outfits. You are the coolest person I know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, on my wall, I'm looking at it right now. I have a collage of us over the years. So I have us at our very first concert going to NSYNC when we were eight years old. And that was Silver Mountain, right? Silver Mountain in Kellogg, Idaho. And yeah. just so many different looks over the years. Lots of variations of of dental work, um, different times with different <laughs> amounts of teeth in our mouths. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we we could go on and on about memories and shit for forever. Uh, yeah. But I, I do want to hear like what – what initially got you into the YouTube space? Because you started as a YouTube beauty guru, mm-hmm. and then you transitioned into being a YouTube like solo travel vlogger. So yes. can you just talk about like what made you like you're so you were so ahead of the curve, by the way. And I've said this to you before, but you've just always been like, what's coming up that other people don't know is about to be hugely successful? And you invested yourself so much into YouTube. So, like, why why did you know that that was going to be big, and what was your path into all of that? You know, it's funny that you say it because I didn't know it was going to be big. I don't feel like I really saw that coming. Um, Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was 2009, summer of 2009, uh, in college, and I was home for the summer, and because we always started in August – back to school, I couldn't get a job anywhere because everyone was like, we need you through Labor Day in September. So I couldn't get hired anywhere. I was stuck at home. Uh, I was, I had discovered YouTube makeup videos and I was like watching them all day and fascinated by it. And I spent so much time watching them that I was like, I should try making these myself. Uh, So I rummaged around my parents' house and found an old mini DVD camcorder And sat on the floor of my childhood bedroom and my first makeup, my first video was a makeup tutorial and it was an orange eyeshadow look that I really liked. That video is no longer on the internet, but, (laughs) (laughs) but like, uh, yeah, uh, the, the early videos are, are a real treat to watch. Um, so I, yeah, I just loved it so much that I, stuck with it. And then, I mean, 2009 was before you could even make money doing anything with social media. Uh, So I I didn't really expect it to ever go anywhere, but I just stuck with it. And then everything started to evolve. And uh, by the time I graduated college, I was, you know, starting to make money off of what I was doing. And I also majored in broadcasting, which doesn't make a lot of money straight out of college. So I, you know, I was kind of weighing like, you know, do I go the traditional route and uh, use my degree or do I try to stick with the social media thing? Uh, So I I stuck with it and the rest is history. It just kind of grew around me. So, yeah. It's so cool. And for our listeners, I know I just said that Alice and I have been best friends since we were six, but we also then lived together in college as roommates for three years. Mm-hmm. So that was it's fun for me to look back on our years there because you were in your room starting your YouTube career and I was in my room writing my first jokes and going on stage at night for the first time trying to start my comedy career while we were both doing uh, broadcast production degrees. Yeah. That, you know, basically wound up in the toilet for the most part. <laughs> like I know. <laughs> We've used parts of it, I think, like our video editing and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely. It's definitely been useful. But yeah, yeah, Yeah. we just uh, chose the wild route and went with it. Yeah. What made you transition from the beauty space on YouTube into the travel space? So I did beauty videos for probably five years. And I just, it's like, there's only so many makeup tutorials you can do. There's only so many mascaras you can review before it's like, I've talked about everything and you just like, it's, it stops being new. It stops being exciting. And so I actually took a hiatus and I started an Etsy shop for a couple years. That's right. And that was also something that I did not expect 
to take off the way that it did. It was an Etsy sticker shop for planner stickers that I had kind of the same way I found beauty videos. I'd found this planner world and all the, you know, these sticker shops and I thought it looked fun. And so I started doing it. And then I thought, well, I should start making my own stickers because I'm spending too much money buying other people's stickers. (laughs) (laughs) So I got the stuff and learned how to make my own stickers. And I was like, I'll just make an Etsy shop and throw some on there and, and see how it does. And it from day one was a full-time job, which I wasn't expecting, um, which was thanks to my incredible audience on YouTube because I posted a video about it. And the first day I was just flooded with orders. So that was really special. Um, But so I kind of stepped away and did that for a couple years full-time. And the nice thing about that is it allowed my brain to reset and think about what do I want to be doing on YouTube? Um, so it, it allowed me that space to step away and think about what I wanted to be creating. And then I, uh, I knew I wanted to be traveling more than I was. So I started traveling and started documenting it and kind of, again, the rest is history. I've just stuck with it. Yeah. And in terms of, I guess, if people listening are interested in how that happens financially for somebody, you get sponsorships from, you get sponsored by actual locations, correct? Like people who want you to come to their city to create a travel vlog that promotes people visiting, right? Yes. Uh, a lot of times it's tourism boards. Okay. So just the cities uh, or the state tourism board. Um, sometimes it's specific companies like a, a cruise company or something, okay. um, like a travel company. But then there's also, I mean, with social media, there's so many different streams of income. There's YouTube AdSense and and other ways too that kind of add on to that. Right. Sponsorships, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Something that's so cool to watch with your career is, you know, how you're saying, oh, like with YouTube in the beginning, I didn't know that I was going to become successful from it. And with the sticker shop, you're like, well, it's just fun, but I didn't know I was going to become successful. Your um, your finger has always been so on the pulse of what success is and like what people want that I think you don't even realize sometimes that it's of course going to be so successful because you just know what to do. But like, I think to you, it just comes so innately that you don't even realize it. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. I, yeah, I feel like I never know what it is. I think also part of it is I have a pretty extreme personality in the sense that when I decide I'm, I'm going in, I'm going a hundred percent, I'm going a thousand percent. I'm editing videos until 4am and posting for a week. And like, I think that's part of it too, is that like, I get a little obsessive when I start a new endeavor and and that helps in some ways. (laughs) I do have memories of a senior year in college where I was drinking pretty heavily and like, I'd be like, you want to come out with me and Kelly? And you'd be like, no, I'm working on this YouTube thing. And you, like, if we were to have logged the hours that you put in that no one was making you do, like that career that you have pursued and mastered requires so much self-discipline because nobody's making you do it. Like you actively make the choice over and over to go, I'm going to use this time to get further in my career. So yeah, it's very impressive. Thanks. Yeah. So solo travel is something that, you know, people are afraid to do and it's not always known as like that this could be a career path. What made you want to get into that specifically? So... It was, I actually remember very clearly what it was. It was New Year's Eve, 2017 turning 2018. Mm -hmm. And I had been wanting to travel more for a long time. And I had, you know, always looked at these people on Instagram who are traveling, but everybody seemed like they had like an Instagram boyfriend or a group of travel friends that they were always traveling with. And the people in my life, everyone has different work schedules and flexibility. And I don't have that group of people that are just like always available to travel all the time. And I was sitting there on New Year's Eve. I always get very pensive on New Year's Eve, like thinking about the year ahead and what I want out of it. And I pulled out, I pulled up a word document and I just started making a list of everywhere I wanted to travel to. And within a couple minutes, I had like 
50 or 60 places, like, you know, just rattled off on this list. And I sat back and I looked at this list and I realized if I don't go by myself, I will never go at all. Wow. That was, yeah, that was the big realization. Cause I looked at, you know, 50 destinations and I was like, I'm never going to be able to coordinate 50 trips with people in my life. That is just not realistic for, I mean, for most people, it's not realistic. So the only way I'm going to get to all 50 of these places is if I start going by myself. And this realization was huge because I think the majority of people, they are under an illusion that their choices or their, their choices are different than what they are. People think, well, I can either go with somebody else or I can go by myself. But the reality is those are probably not what your two options are. Your options are go by yourself or don't go at all. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, when I talk to people, they're like, yeah, I want to go here and here and here and here. But they're like, but I'd rather go with someone. It's like, is going with someone to every single one of those places actually an option? Like, do you have someone in your life with that flexibility? Yeah. Because I mean, 50 places, I did the math. I was like, even if I did two of these trips a year with someone else, it would take 25 years to get to all these places. And that's if I maintained that cadence of two trips a year, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was the big realization for me was if I don't go by myself, I will never go at all. And then I, I kind of cracked and I booked three solo trips within a couple weeks, it was Iceland, Japan, and Portugal. And I felt like I was losing my mind. Uh, but I was like, I'm going, I'm going to do it. And I went and it was amazing. And I mean, in the last four years, I have been all over the world. I've been, you know, Japan, Portugal, Oman, like tra- spent three weeks traveling in the Middle East. I've been down to the, the Southern region of Africa. And yeah. I've been to so many places because I started going by myself. Yeah. Like what would I have done in all that time if I hadn't been doing all these things? So if you are on the fence about booking that solo trip, I would ask yourself very realistically, do you have the option to go to all these places with someone else? Or is your real option to go by yourself or not go at all? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we talk a lot on the show about getting clear on your why why you are doing something and how much that can just push all these other things out of your vision that were kind of clouding it before. And then you're like, oh, okay. So if this is what's important to me, this is what needs to happen in order to do it. And you have always been my most independent friend, Hmm. but I think doing these solo travel trips, I'm sure, like, do you feel like you've gotten even closer with yourself to not just be spending that much time on your own, but accomplishing these things, taking on challenges by yourself and realizing you're capable of it. Because I feel like even the the solo travel I do for my career within the States, I've gotten so much closer with myself because I'm like, when things get tough, I am, I am the only person that's there to help myself through it. Like I can call friends and family, but it's ultimately if I'm stuck in an airport overnight or going through a hard time, you learn how to get close with yourself. Yeah. And I I think that's one of the most powerful things about traveling by yourself is the only person you can rely on is you. Yeah. And you're going to have to like things go wrong all the time, even just small things. Yeah. Um, and, and you can only rely on yourself, but it just, it builds this confidence and you really, you really get to know yourself and what you like and, and what's important. And it, and that, I think that mindset also, it's not just for solo travel, it's for anything in your life that you've been waiting on doing that you, you, you're waiting for somebody else to join you actually to go off, maybe on a little bit, of, maybe a tangent here. Yeah. Um, what I think about the most, you would have to be a Harry Potter fan to understand this reference, but I know that you are, mm-hmm. and I'm sure a lot of people listening are. So the scene in Harry Potter that resonates with me the most, and it's my favorite scene of the whole series, is Expecto Patronum. 
mm-hmm. by the lake, that scene. And even as a teenager, that really resonated with me. And I, I couldn't put my finger on why actually until after I started solo traveling. But that scene where he's watching across the lake and he says, somebody's coming, somebody's coming. And Hermione is saying, Harry, no one's coming. And that light bulb goes off that the person I'm waiting on is myself. <laughs> That's like the best way I could describe the way that I felt sitting there that New Year's Eve, deciding I was going to start solo traveling. It was the light bulb that went off that like, I've, I've been waiting for my life to start, my travel life to start. And it was like, oh, it's supposed to be me. Oh my God, you're making me emotional. It. I'm like getting yeah. choked up. Yeah. Thinking about that. <clears throat> yeah. Thinking someone's <laughs> coming and then it's like, no up. one's coming. The person you're waiting on for whatever it is in your life, if you want to solo travel or start that business or anything, you're waiting on yourself. Yeah. You're watching across the lake and you think someone's coming, but the person that's going to come is you. Yes. Yeah, that's that video has gone so viral on TikTok of the person who's saying it's kind of like a life coach type video where it's like no one's coming. Like if you are going to accomplish the things you want to do, you have to make yourself do it because no one's coming to make you do it. And um, I think it's easy for people with travel in particular, when they think about going on a trip, they go, oh, but it would be so much more fun with my partner or with my best friend or with my sibling or whatever. And it's true that there are certain trips you can take in life that um, will be enriched by somebody else's company. But there are also things I've learned that are so cool about being in places by yourself because it's just like that. I love that lyric in um, John Mayer's Perfectly Lonely where he says, um, simple little kind of free. Where like you can wake up and decide wherever you want to go get breakfast and whatever you want to go do after that. Like you don't have to consult with anybody and make a group decision or whatever. It's so nice to just like, you know, hold your own hand inside and be like, what do we want to do today? Let's go do that. It's a really great feeling. Yeah. And something that I also love about it, uh, going back to like the type A personality thing Mm -hmm. is like, I, there are a few things that I value more than efficiency. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah efficiency and punctuality. And (laughs) what I, what I love about solo travel is if I want to be leaving the room at 8am to go somewhere, I am leaving the room at 8am and I can cover so much more ground as well when I'm traveling by myself. Because it's like, if I go to that museum and I look at one thing and I'm like, I hate this, I just leave. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Yeah, You know, or it's like, it's not like, well, this person's now hungry. So we have to go find a snack and this person has to, we have to go find a bathroom somewhere. Like I can cover so much ground so fast and see exactly the things I want to see when I'm traveling by myself. Like my efficiency is a full throttle. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So you've been, how many years now has it been that you've been doing the travel vlogging full time? I would say I really got into it starting in the beginning of 2018. Okay. Um, which, I mean, it's kind of weird to think about how many years because there were, of course, a couple years where the world sure. really shut down and there wasn't a lot of travel. So it's hard to count those years. But yeah, yeah it's been about four years now. Okay. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. 
That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And the places you've gone, I mean, when we tell, when I'm telling my listeners, like, she travels all over the world. I'm not saying like she flies to Louisville and does a video there. Like you might do that, but you are going to like fucking Antarctica and all like you go all over the world by yourself, which has always made my stomach twist into a million knots. Cause to me, that's just like the most terrifying thing to do is to travel out of the country by yourself. And you do it so often. Like it's such a, I mean, how many times a month are you out of the country? Do you think? Oh, it's not that often. I probably for international trips, maybe four or five a year. Okay. Okay. Um, there's still a lot of domestic trips Yeah, in there. Um, the international ones, they're, they're not as often, but they're longer. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So now that you've been doing it for so long, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you feel like, or I guess lessons learned, things that you could share with people who are maybe looking to get into this and uh, would love some tips on things to avoid? Okay. Oh, when should I do my quote? Oh, let's do your quote now. Thank you. And we, Our listeners are probably yelling at me through their speakers. Yeah, we usually do the quote in the beginning. So please share your quotable. Okay. Should, is this going to get edited like back to the beginning? No, we'll just keep it in now. Okay. Unless okay. it makes more sense to put it in. Do, do you want me to put it in the beginning? No, it's. It, I think it's very pertinent to like solo travel. Oh, perfect. So Great. we okay. could do. Okay. So I actually have two quotes that I feel <gasps> kind of, they, they have the same vibe. Okay. They work together nicely. The first one is, a ship in harbor is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. Oh, I love that. Wow. And yes. Uh, that's probably my favorite quote ever I, when I think I've about like what inspired. You've never heard that. Oh, I love that one. And then a second kind of similar nautical themed quote <laughs> is <laughs> 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails. And yeah, I love, I love that first one. The ship in Harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are for is whenever something scares me, yeah. I think about I'm not built to be tied to a dock my whole life. I'm we're built to get out on the water. Like, yeah, you could stay in the harbor your whole life, but that was not why you're here. It's not what you're meant to do. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that really speaks to any sort of um agoraphobia in me. There are times where I you know, like see too much scary news or whatever. And it's, it is a scary world we're living in right now. And there's a temptation to not want to go be outside and put yourself out there. And, um, man, I'm going to think about that quote anytime I feel that way now. That's a great one. Thanks. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. Tell me, tell me some of like your favorite lessons you've learned or things that you wish you would do differently. So there's not a lot that I would do differently, honestly. Uh, I think all of the, I think the greatest thing about solo travel is there's nothing in the world that's going to build confidence like traveling alone. Yeah. Uh, all of the little hiccups that you encounter are what make the experience what it is and what they're, they're character building, I guess I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there's not a lot that I would do differently. Uh, if you are on the fence of, you know, booking your first solo trip, uh, I would recommend uh, choosing, for starters, choosing a destination that you are interested in, somewhere you've always wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and then if you do go, uh, you know, just do your research on how you are going to need to get around in the area and make sure and stay somewhere that's near transportation. And like, I really like touristy areas because they're well lit. There's people always walking around. So it doesn't matter what time of day it is. You're not going to be by yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and go with the expectation that it's going to be different than other travel that you've had. And, and there might, might be points where you are lonely 
And there might be points where things do go wrong, but that's part of the whole experience. And the reward is just so much bigger than, than the cost of those things. Yeah. So were there, I know you've, you've put out some really popular videos speaking to these kind of topics about um, like 10 travel, uh, what was it called? Was it travel mistakes you've made or what was that one called? Um, I have no recollection of videos I've done. (laughs) So uh, I probably did one titled like that. Uh, I did recently do one that's a and a about solo travel safety. And I think I did do a travel mistakes one. You're probably yeah. right. Yeah, so my, <laughs> the thing that I always am like freaked out on your behalf for, and just when I think about doing, like, it's funny, my, my whole life is solo travel mm-hmm. with my career, but I, it's not international t- typically. It's very rare that I'm performing um, overseas, but you did a great video talking about safety tips for solo travel because I think that is something that holds a lot of people back, particularly women who don't feel like they're going to be safe traveling by themselves. So what are some of your like top safety travel tips? Yeah. So the first tip that I have is a lot of times when you think about going to a different country, just the fact that it's a different country seems scary. Like if yeah. you go, something's going to happen to you. And I, I talked about this in this in, in that video. Um, my second ever solo trip was to Japan, and I was so nervous. I could not believe I had booked that trip. One because the language is completely different, and it's different characters. It's not like I can't even see a sign and Google it because it, you know. So I was like, "How am I going to navigate this city and the the Tokyo underground?" And I was like, "Is it going to be scary walking down the streets of Tokyo by myself?" which is so funny because Tokyo is actually a very safe city. But while I was there, I was riding the subway and I noticed that I was surrounded by women in corporate suits, like corporate attire, and they were on their way to work. And it just dawned on me that like, oh, there are millions of women in Tokyo who commute to an office every single day by themselves down the streets on public transport, in taxis. Like, of course, it's safe for a woman to be here walking around. And so my first tip is if you feel really nervous about a destination, ask yourself, do women in this destination work independently outside of the home? Yeah. Because if they do, it's probably not going to feel that much different than where you live. Yeah. There's going to be women out everywhere walking around, going to work. Yeah. living their lives. Right. So it might feel scary, the idea of going to Paris by yourself, like French women are walking all over the city every day by themselves. Right. And, you know, so that'd be the first tip to kind of calm your fears about going somewhere. Yeah. And then, yeah, staying in a, in a well-lit touristy area. Uh, so there's lots of people around and you're close to public transport. Yeah. Um, and then there's, it's just the kind of the same common sense stuff as anywhere. Like, you know, don't dress really flashy. Don't be, you know, pulling out expensive things from your bag and waving them around. Uh, You know, just tips like that. And I think that people would be really surprised when you take that first trip, just how not scary it is and how not different it feels. Yeah. Yeah. So you have told me stories over the years that have absolutely broken my brain. Like, I can't believe the things that you have been through out there. So um, I wanted to ask you about some of your, like, most memorable travel stories. But before we do, is there anything else that you had wanted to share that I didn't get to? Oh, um, okay. Let me check my notes app. Yes. I know you have I've just, notes. I have notes, like my quotes and things. Now I can, I can move on to stories. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the first probably um, biggest scary hiccup that I had with solo travel was on my third ever trip when I went to Portugal. And it was an 11-day trip. And on the third day, I was walking around Lagos, which is down on the coast. It's about five hours south of Lisbon, um, a little beach town. 
I was walking around early in the morning at sunrise, taking some photos. I went to a restaurant and had brunch. And when I went to pay, I realized I didn't have my wallet. And I mean, that's, that's an anxiety inducing situation anywhere to go eat in a restaurant and be like, I can't pay, Yeah. but to be traveling by yourself and in another country is like just terrifying. I was so, so scared. Um, For you, like to let our listeners in, Allison is the most responsible human being. I like by far the most responsible of all of my friends. Like (laughs) when she says she lost her wallet, this isn't the type of person that just like doesn't keep track of things. Like no one takes better care of their things than Allison does. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, I didn't this time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I realized I don't have my wallet and I have to explain to this waiter after I've already eaten, I can't pay you. I don't have my wallet. And I'm just like, I'm mortified and I feel so bad. And I know there's a part of him that thinks I'm like a tourist who's just lying. Right. You know, and which just makes me feel even worse. And so I was like, can I leave like something here of mine is like collateral. I will come back and pay you. I must have left left my wallet in the hotel room. Um, And I think he was just like, well, I don't know what else to say. Like, (laughs) sure. Uh, So I went and raced through the city, retracing my steps from that morning just to see if it was on the ground. Uh, No, first I went back to the hotel room, wasn't in the hotel room. Then I went and raced and retraced my steps throughout the city and couldn't find it. And I was like, I am by myself three days into an 11 day trip without a single Euro on me. Like I couldn't even call a taxi to get to the airport or like, like I don't have a, any cash on me at all. I have no credit cards. I have no way to get money. So I, hmm? did you have your phone? Yes. Okay. Thank God. I did have my phone um, and I did have my passport, but I had no money whatsoever. And so uh, I called my dad <laughs> as you do. As you do. <laughs> it's 4 a.m. His time. Oh. Dad, I've lost my wallet and I'm in Portugal. I have no money. So fortunately, he was able to set up a Western Union transfer for me to go get cash, um, which I still had to find. I was nervous because this was like a Saturday and I was like, is Western Union even open? Where is one? Because again, I don't have any money for transportation. Like I'm going to have to walk to wherever this Western Union is. Uh, Set up a Western Union transfer, got cash. It was fine. Okay. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But the crazy part of the story is... Later that afternoon, the hotel front desk calls my room and says, we got a call from a, like a grocery store in town and they have your wallet. And I was like, I never went into a grocery store. How do they have my wallet? And so, he, and I was like, what store is it? And he's like, it's on the street. And I was like, what was the, what's the name of it? And he's like, store. Like it doesn't have a name. Like it's going to just have some fruit outside of it. Yeah. So I just go walking through the city to try and find this like place that he described. And I go in and there's this woman behind the counter and I say, I think you might have my wallet. And I look behind her and there's my little tiny card wallet. 
yeah. uh, behind her on the counter. And she was able to find me because tucked inside, I mean, this card wallet is like a little just like sleeve thing. It's not like a wallet. Talked inside was a receipt that said Carvey Beach Hotel, which was the hotel that I was staying at, which is strange because I don't put receipts in a little card wallet, but somehow one little tiny one got stuffed in there. So she called. So what had happened is that morning, apparently I had walked in that area. And when I pulled my camera out of my bag or something, it pulled my wallet out with it and it fell on the ground. And when they opened the store, someone found it. No, when they opened their store, the wallet was against the door of their store, which is obviously not where it had fallen. And so they thought that I had been robbed because I guess it's common to like, if you get mugged, they only want cash. They don't want your cards. And there was no cash in the wallet. So they thought that somebody had robbed me, taken the cash and then tossed the card wallet against the store. So then they called the police and filed a police report and they had my driver's license in there. So they had my photo and my name and they filed this police report thinking that this American woman had been robbed near the store that morning. And yeah, crazy coincidence that I actually ended up getting my wallet back, but I'd already canceled all of my cards. So it like wasn't worth anything. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of a, a crazy, uh, crazy coincidence, crazy story. And also taught me to always have a backup payment method in my hotel room. Like always have cash, always have an extra credit card in your hotel safe. So if you lose your wallet, you're not stuck like I was. Oh my God. What a stomach drop moment Yeah, to be in another country and have that happen. Yeah. Jesus. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. That one is burned into my brain. When I was thinking about having you on, I was like, oh, she's got to talk about when she lost the wallet. Cause that was just a nightmare. Um, it was, but you know, it wasn't like it was super scary. Like right. when somebody thinks about something scary ha- happening when you're traveling by yourself, like I was never in danger or anything. It was just like an unfortunate circumstance. Right. Right. Um, okay. You recently went on a trip to Africa and I know yes. you have some just the wildest stories ever about that trip. Um, okay. Yeah. So I recently, uh, spent nearly a month in Namibia and South Africa, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, and I highly recommend both of those countries for anybody interested in visiting them. Um, right now travel in the era of, I mean, we're not post COVID, but we're like, open COVID times. Yeah. It's really difficult because restrictions are changing constantly. Yeah. And so the first thing with, uh, flying over there is I flew from Atlanta to Johannesburg and I had checked, you know, every which way before getting on this plane that if you have a vaccination certificate, you do not have to test to enter the country. Set it on their website. Okay. Travelers who are fully vaccinated don't need a test to get in. And uh, the people I talked to, like the travel agent who'd helped me book things and whatever, also said, you don't need a test if you have a vaccination card. Okay. So Atlanta, jo- Atlanta to Johannesburg, first Austin to Atlanta, then Atlanta to Johannesburg. The second flight is 16 hours direct on a plane. <laughs> land in Johannesburg, get into customs and the customs guy, I say, I have my vaccination card. And he says, I need you to pull it up in the app. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm just reliving this story. It's so funny. There is no app. Uh, And so for, for anyone who's not, I mean, we're starting to get app stuff now in the U S but for anyone who's not familiar in most of the other countries in the world, when they did vaccinations, they did them in a much more documented way, <laughs> maybe you could say, uh, where like, I mean, that was the U.S. <laughs> yeah, not just like a, a football field with a bunch of chairs in it, <laughs> you know, where which I mean, an index card that's not yeah. laminated. It's just like, keep this in your purse. Try to hold right. on to it. Exactly. Which I mean, to be fair, I appreciate that I was able to go to a mass vaccination center and get it done. And there was that availability. So I understand it. Um, 
But yeah, most other countries in the world, it, you have like an app and you have a QR code and it's a digitally verifiable thing, similar to like a driver's license or any other form of ID, right. uh, where the majority of Americans, you just have like a little piece of cardstock that someone has scribbled on in ballpoint pen. Like there is no way to verify that this is real. Um, And so I get into Johannesburg customs and the guy says, no, you need to pull it up in the app. And I'm like, there is no app. And he, he doesn't understand that there is no app because every other country does have this. So he thinks clearly that I'm just, an uninformed traveler and I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so it took like 45 minutes probably for me and a bunch of other passengers to convince him there is no app. Like we don't have a QR code, like, cause he just kept saying, download the app. And by the way, I had no service. So I couldn't actually go download anything and get online to do anything. So I'm in the Johann, the basement of the Johannesburg airport with no cell service, uh, can't convince this guy that I don't have an app or any way. And, and so what had happened is while we were in the air, apparently South African customs had changed their rule, their rules that everything had to be digital. Every vaccination thing had to be digital. They wouldn't accept paper, anything anymore. So there was no way to have known this. Yeah. While we were in the air, because even um, I, even the airline people who'd flown in didn't know what was going on. They were like, I thought we could get in. Um, so after 16 hours and then another nearly an hour, like trying to convince this guy that like, we don't, we don't have what you want. Like, I can't give you what you want. Um, they decided the only way to get all, there were like a hundred passengers with this issue to get everybody in was to test everyone in the airport. But with a rapid test, which didn't really make sense because the requirement is a PCR test right. to get in. But I think they were just like, this is the best we can do is like, we'll just do an antigen test on everybody to get them out. And so they lead us down to this tiny room in some corridor of the Johannesburg airport that is meant to hold like six people. And there's like 40 people crammed in this space. There's one nurse and for every single person, she has to hand write out a whole form of like every detail about you and where you're from and passport and address and where you've traveled to and where in all these things. It takes like five minutes to perform. I felt really bad for her because yeah. all, all of the burden of getting through these passengers was on her. And so I was probably like 15th in line to do this. I As soon as I realized that that's where it was going, I like sprinted to get in line. There were a ton of people behind me. It took over an hour for me to even get up to the nurse to get my swab done. And then the system was, I'm going to swab you with the antigen test and I'm going to set your test here on the table. Come back in 15 minutes, take a photo of the test on your phone and then take the photo on your iPhone to customs and show them the negative (laughs) line. (laughs) Just the height of technology. Which is like, is that not kind of equal um it's not it's it's equally as verifiable as my piece of cardstock basically you know it's like right and I get that like if she wasn't making the rules like you know her hands were tied in this situation and she was doing the best that she could so it wasn't her fault but it was like I can't believe this and then two people after me they ran out of tests so they didn't even have tests for the rest of the people on the plane and they were holding them there until they could get more tests. And I don't know how long they were there. They were probably there six hours waiting to get After through that line. hour flight. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the start of the Africa trip. And then we have the, uh, the luggage surprise that I told you about. <laughs> you guys are not even ready for like... <laughs> Like, if this was a 4th of July fireworks show, the grand finale that's coming, it's like every part of this, you, you're like, oh, this is the finale because it's such a crazy explosion. And then you're like, no, just wait. Yeah. So so then I spent a night in Johannesburg and then I flew to Windhoek, the capital of Namibia, to start my time there. And I traveled with a duffel bag, which is encouraged for most travel in that region because 
planes have weight capacities and things so and and storage capacities so i traveled with a duffel bag um that had exterior little zipper pockets that don't lock okay um so i get to namibia and i get to my hotel and i look at my duffel bag and i see that one of the external zippers was ajar and i was like huh and i open it up and inside of this pocket is a whole bunch of Antonio Banderas cologne packaging, like multiple, multiple boxes of Antonio Banderas cologne. Like, <laughs> I have never, I've traveled all over the world. I've never had a bag tampered with in any way, something put in or something taken out. I've been very lucky in that regard, but somebody in the duty-free, I, I'm assuming that it has to be an employee working in duty-free or working in the airport with access to duty free in the Johannesburg airport is smuggling Antonio Vander's cologne out of there. Antonio has got a real fan in Johannesburg. (laughs) (laughs) So the guy is taking the cologne out and he put the empty, all these empty boxes boxes into your luggage, into my luggage. Yeah. Which, like, at first I was scared because I was like, there's something in my bag that I don't recognize. And then I pulled it out and I looked at it and I'm like, honestly, can I even be mad? <laughs> I think you can only be mad that one of them didn't have the actual cologne in there. Yeah. Like, hey. Yeah. So that that was a first as well. Um, yeah. The picture you sent me, I was like, this is not real. This yeah, is just real. Antonio's face all over this cardboard packaging. And I was like, is this my bag? Yeah. But again, like, you know, all of these stories, I I would like to note that all of these experiences and these stories, none of them are really scary. Like they're all kind of interesting or unfortunate circumstances, but a lot of people think solo travel is going to be scary or like international travel is going to be scary. Like I have lots of stories, but I don't have a lot of stories that are like, I almost died. You know, like, and like, granted, people, people do have stories like that of terrifying shit happening. Um, It's not to say that it doesn't happen. It's just like, yeah, these are, these are not those type of stories, but the one that you're about to share is to me is scary. Oh, that wasn't scary. That was just thrilling. Okay. So on, we have different definitions of scary. Um, well, no, I actually, I'm not even sure which one you're, because there are a couple from the trip. I think I know which one you're talking about. Um, the safari. Yeah. Well, there were a couple on safari. Okay. So, um, I did a couple weeks in Namibia. Then I went to South Africa and I, um, did some time in Cape town. And then I went over to the Sabi sands region to do some safari ing. And, uh, on like, I think the second to last day of the entire trip, um, I was out with my guide on safari in the morning and he had found a leopard in a tree with a kill with a dead antelope up in the tree. And we were parked. I mean, when you go out on these drives, you can get really close to these animals. Um, and we parked kind of right on, you know, not right under the tree, but like next to the tree. And I was shooting up and I even said, cause there's so many branches. I was like, I, it would almost be better if I could get right under him to get this shot. And he was like, we don't want to do that in case, you know, he drops that antelope. And I was just like, okay. Like two minutes later, he drops the antelope out of the tree onto the ground right next to me splattering me with this antelope's blood (laughs) (laughs) on my camera lens on my jacket like half eaten antelope yeah you know that i would like i would have to be taken to the hospital because i would have had a mental breakdown to be fair though I think you would have a mental breakdown a lot earlier in the trip (laughs) than that because you you are not into the rugged outdoors I'm sure not like (laughs) at the beginning of the episode talking about my crushed velvet dress 
in yeah. first grade tells you anything. It's not I'm, – I'm, I'm not big on the outdoors. No. I mean, but you're not big. I mean, that's even – an understatement of your feelings. Cause I, like you have told me multiple times of like, I don't understand why people ride horses. We have cars. <laughs> <laughs> like even horseback riding is too outdoorsy. It seems. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm also, I'm also deathly allergic to horses, but even if I wasn't, no, thank you. It's 2022. Uh, that just, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I'm not a camper. I don't like camping. Uh, yeah. So antelope, like fresh, like farm to table antelope blood on yeah. my bean would have absolutely gone catatonic. So antelope blood, you were just like, this is just a typical day day on the job. <laughs> no, I mean, it was pretty, pretty thrilling. I was like, I can't, I like the idea of being splattered with any kind of blood does not thrill me. But then when it happened, I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. Like, I think it's because I have one of my fantasy selves is being a National Geographic photographer. And this feels very like you're in it. Like if your camera has blood on it, like you're in it. I think it was that kind of feeling for me. So. Yeah, it's very like Laura Croft. Is it Lara Croft or Laura Croft? I don't know. One of the two. Yeah, that's – I will say call back to earlier this episode where I was like, oh, all of the minimalist decluttering tips that you've given your uh, viewers over the years, fantasy self. That's something yes. that from your videos I have then echoed here on the podcast to be like, hey – Go through your closet, and if you've got things that are just like that you think you're going to be a backup dancer in a music video, but it's sat there for four years, maybe it's time to go. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, were there other things on that safari? Um, that was like the main thing I remember was you getting yeah. blood. No, I mean, there, I mean, every day on safari is interesting, yeah. but that was like the main, yeah. Holy everything. shit, man. yeah. What a life. Like a lot of people wake up on a Monday morning and go clock in to a desk job and you get paid to fly to Africa and take pictures of leopards. It's like what – I mean, what an amazing life. I, I feel very fortunate to to do what I do. Yeah. Yeah, and enjoying it while I can do it because it is an industry where – you don't know where it's going and you don't know when your expiration date is going to be. So, yeah, you know, just so, so soaking it in and enjoying it. And yeah. Yeah. Well, you've absolutely earned it. You know, all the, the hard work we were talking about earlier, it's like not everybody is capable of doing what you've done. Oh, thanks. It's funny that you say that though, because I feel like you outwork every other person I know. Oh, like that's so nice. I do not know somebody who grinds harder than you. Like you are on so many planes. Like I, in my life, I'm the travel person, except when it comes to you, because you are on planes. Like you should be paying rent (laughs) on on those airlines. Like, (laughs) like you fly so much you are in like every time I mean every time we talk to each other it's just like where are you right now where are you right now but I mean you are just always hustling always on the go always working for it like you you work harder than anyone I know so if anyone deserves their success it is you for sure nice thank you yeah (laughs) this is just the most feel-good episode I'm gonna have a hard time (laughs) having as good a on upcoming episodes because it's just like this has been so nice I can't believe we like finally got to have you on yeah I mean we've talked about this for so long and we also were never really sure what topic like or theme I know. so we talked about minimalism back in the day and yeah. I yeah. know which we could like honestly I would be thrilled to have you on for another episode about minimalism because I feel like um, since you've kind of moved away from that on YouTube, you and I haven't like talked that much about yeah. in a while, but I would love to know if like, 
if that's still something that you're into, if you've gotten any new tips in the past couple years or like, I mean, I, if, if you're interested, I would absolutely love to talk to you about it. Yeah. I can always talk about getting rid of things. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you know, the Delaney is, Delaney is an even bigger minimalist than I think you might be. Oh yeah. I think she, she like, is. Really? Yeah. So that would be fun to have you back on with her and then we could like all talk about it. Yeah. I would love that. Okay. Well, um, let, I, and I will say this in the intro too, but can you plug like your YouTube and your socials mm-hmm. and um, if anybody has like questions for you, if there's like a way, you know, if you like see comments on your YouTube videos and stuff like that. Yeah. So my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Allison Anderson. And my Instagram is photo Allison. Uh, those are really the only two places that I am or look <laughs> these days. Twitter. I'm, I mean, I'm on Twitter. I don't think I've tweeted in a long time. Okay. Um, yeah, those are those are my places. And I do I don't just do travel videos. That's kind of predominantly what I've been doing. But, uh, you know, I also bought a house last year. So I've done a few like house related things, uh, renovation video and um, cameras and photography. Also, like I, that's really where my passion with all of it lies. That's always been the thread that ties everything together is I just like creating and I like taking pictures and I like making videos and editing and so I, I love talking about gear and and all that. So I do some of that content as well. Yeah. Yeah. You also, your videos that are gift guides for holidays are mm. some of my favorite videos ever. You oh. really like, there have been so many things that I've purchased over the years, both for people in my life and for myself that I would have no idea they exist without you being like, hey, if you're looking for this thing in your life that you're like, oh, this will change my life forever. It's those gift guides are really helpful. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Gift guides are fun. Yes. And you can go, like you can only do them one time a year, so it's it's they're fun to do. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, guys, so go subscribe to Allison on YouTube and follow her on Instagram. Uh just such beautiful content she creates and so educational and um she just is an inspiration you watch these videos of where she travels to and it does make you want to get out of your comfort zone and like go do something cool that day so i love you thanks i love you thanks for having me on yes okay we'll have you back on soon okay sounds good bye Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 